On this episode of In Conversation, Lisa Wallace, CITUS AMC General Counsel and Chief Administrative Officer, and Sahara Aziz, Head of Environmental, Social, and Governance, talk about CITUS AMC's ESG journey. They discuss how the company is embedding ESG principles into the building blocks of the organization to enhance sustainability, ensure the well-being of people, and make a positive impact on our clients and the industry. Good day or good evening, everyone, and welcome to this episode of In Conversation. I am Lisa Wallace, and I am joined by my colleague, Sahir Aziz. Thanks, Lisa. Glad to be here. And let's kick off with what does ESG mean to Cytus AMC? Great question, Sahir. Glad that you asked that. And I will start by saying this. ESG programs look different for each organization implementing goals around it. For Citus AMC, our ESG program represents an unrelenting commitment to our people, our environment, and compliance with both internal policies and industry standards. Of course, like many organizations, strong ESG initiatives and progress on those initiatives is a primary goal. But those ESG initiatives are comprehensive and broad. They are multifaceted, multi-layered. Some elements are dependent on progress of other elements. So at times, of course, it can feel a bit overwhelming. And for us, it was critical to break down our general ESG thoughts and goals and to create distinct and measurable action items. Again, items that we could translate into action, results that we can then share with our current staff members, potential new staff members, and our clients. So let's talk about what questions we asked ourselves to shape our ESG platform. We asked ourselves, How do we put these ideas into action, right? The idea of less talking and more doing. How do we make our initiatives ambitious, but achievable, right? We want to push ourselves. We want to push to achieve our goals. How do we measure the progress, right? What does it mean to succeed at a particular task? How do we measure it? And of course, how do we deliver results that are meaningful to our staff, our clients, and our communities, focusing on what's most important? Obviously, a critical element of our success was having somebody step into the role of global head of our ESG program. And we're so fortunate to have you step into that role. You've been with the company for eight years. And Sahir, you not only share a passion for ESG, but you know our staff, our culture, our clients, and our general corporate goals. I mean, with you stepping into the role, we were able to make traction much faster than we would have otherwise because you didn't require the ramp up time to understand the company. You know our strengths and you know those areas where we have an opportunity to improve. What do you think it is about our culture that will position us for success in this area? Citus AMC has a strong culture of awareness, ownership, and accountability across all of our leaders. And because of that culture, we can make strides toward our goals. Our people are driven by doing the right thing for our staff, our clients, and our communities, and many have adapted to a sustainable mindset. I think it's important to note, too, that as with any worthwhile destination, often the journey is as meaningful as that destination. And our ESG path has indeed been a journey. Lisa, it's fair to say that ESG has been a company priority for quite some time. ESG has been top of mind for our company like many others. And while we didn't have the formalized program that we have in place today, we were working under an informal program where we thought about things like being mindful of transportation methods, purchasing recycled products, leasing space in office buildings that were environmentally conscious. Generally speaking, as you know, 
We aim to operate in an ethical manner that's transparent while having a positive impact on the communities in which we operate. So again, these are all great goals. How do we do it? Sahar, I know that you and I are pleased and proud to say that we have developed a formalized framework. And I know you're eager to share the details of it with our audience. So, so let me turn it over to you to walk us through some of the details. Oh, Lisa, I echo what you say about our ESG journey. Sustainability was always something we were conscious of as a company. Many of our offices already had recycling initiatives. Some were paperless and plastic free as well. But our ESG journey was about evolving us as a company. It was about an organization like ours with a global footprint, creating a cohesive framework while understanding that there will be regional differences. Sahir, can you give me an example of those differences? As an example, take regulations that are developing at different rates. And in the US, some of these are even state specific. So what we needed was a common language for corporate responsibility, a framework that would work for us regardless of size, location or complexity of our business. Last year, we signed up to become a member of the United Nations Global Compact 10 Principles on Human Rights, Labour, the Environment and Anti-Corruption. Sahir, can you talk about why the UN principles were at the forefront of the metrics that we embraced? We understood to drive our ESG agenda wasn't to work in isolation, but to become part of this global movement to work towards the UN Sustainable Development Goals that are linked to these 10 principles. As you know, Lisa, there's 17 sustainable development goals. And whilst they're all extremely important, it's necessary for action to be taken. We needed to understand what goals really matter to our organization and where we can have real measurable impact. Our office-based initiatives are great, but what is important to our business as a whole? What are the real issues that matter? And that's where conducting a materiality assessment became necessary. Sahir, so maybe you can talk about the materiality impact assessment. What is that based on and how was it developed? Our ESG materiality impact assessment is based on a multi-stakeholder consideration. So to, to perform this, you know, we looked at our clients' ESG requirements. We looked at the evolving regulatory landscape across the jurisdictions that we operate in, but also the jurisdictions that our clients operate in and where we support them. We also looked at our internal business model and strategy and engaged with our employees. And it's all of these that led us to determine our ESG focus areas. Very very helpful, Sahir. And I know that those activities were time-consuming and were lengthy as we did a deep dive to really understand what the high-level focus areas should be for us. So tell me, what would you say today are our high-level focus areas? If we break them up into the E, the S, and the G, I'd say for environmental impact, it's greenhouse gas emissions and the use of clean energy in our operations. It's a a commitment to going net zero. If we look at our social impact, it's attracting and retaining talent. It's diversity and equal opportunities. It's employee training and education. And then when we look at corporate governance, it's business ethics and integrity. It's regulatory change management. But crucially, I think an area that straddles across all three is our supply chain sustainability. Sahir, thank you for the overview of of what we're looking at when we think about environmental and social impact and corporate governance. 
So as we think about those initiatives, how, how do we measure our success as a company? How do we know that we're hitting the targets that we're looking to achieve? So based on this materiality assessment and focus areas and with input from individuals and departments across CITES-MC, and Lisa, you're obviously the legal team were involved in this, um, and backing from the executive leadership team, we created a set of key performance indicators that we aligned to the sustainable development goals to drive change across our organization and demonstrate our commitment to progressing the goals. Um, If we take the focus area of reducing greenhouse gas emissions and the use of clean energy in our operations, we're working towards the UN Sustainable Development Goal of affordable and clean energy and sustainable cities and communities. The biggest emissions impact for us will come from the buildings that we lease our offices in and any on-premises data centers. So we've got multiple locations across the US, Europe, India, and while we were already focusing on reducing unused office footprint, we made a commitment to look at premises that were greener where the landlords already had a sustainable or ESG mindset. Our linked KPI were committing to 50% of our office footprint residing in green certified buildings and our larger offices in Europe and India being in buildings that procure energy from renewable sources. We recently signed a lease here in the UK where we are moving into a BRIAM certified building, which just shows that we are on the right path. Our KPIs related to increasing diversity within our workforce and increasing our diverse vendor spend, both of which contribute towards the sustainable development goal of promoting full and productive employment and decent work for all and reducing inequalities within and among countries is another goal that we're working towards. Absolutely. And certainly establishing the KPIs uh, helps us focus on our goals and gives our peers here at CITES AMC visibility into exactly what we are working on. Yeah. And Sahar, how would you say that our success impacts and helps our clients? Um, I'd, I'd say we can look at this in a couple of ways. One where we look at ourselves as being in the supply chain of our clients. Many of our clients have themselves committed to reducing their greenhouse gas emissions. There are several regulations across different jurisdictions that have or will impact on our client's supply chain transparency requirements. We've put ambitious goals and measurable KPIs in place that not just impact them as a company, but all those in their supply chain as well. For example, committing to a net zero date, which as people know, many banks and private equity firms are doing, doesn't just mean their operations, it means their supply chain. Therefore, it's in their interest to partner with companies like us that are on our journey to reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. And it's also in our long-term interest to reduce our emissions. So collectively, we are a force in the right direction. Sahir, what about workforce diversity and vendor management? How does that fit in here? The same goes for diversity. Clients are asking us what our workforce demographic is like, what our vendor base is like, and that is all being taken into consideration by their procurement departments when it comes to creating new relationships as it counts towards their own goals. This is also something that we're looking at in our supply chain. We've got a great vendor management team and part of their role is to educate our employees and vendors on awareness about sustainable and diverse suppliers. A second way that I think there's an impact to the clients is, you know, we see the potential to help our clients as well. Our clients are in real estate and in the commercial real estate space, 
we are seeing an increase in sustainable linked loans, loans with margin ratchets linked to social environment covenants. Some of our clients are assessing ESG-related risks in their property portfolios. We're helping them with data gathering and analytics in that space. And as we move forward, we see the role of a traditional facility agent that looks at things like LTVs or DSCRs, extending to incorporating and reviewing ESG-related information as well. Well, it's not surprising to see that a number of our initiatives are closely aligned with that of our, our clients and counterparties. So good good to hear that. And thank you for the, the explanation. And Sahara, finally, one final question for you. Can you talk about the specific progress we've made in the last year? How would you characterize our biggest accomplishments in the areas of environmental, social, and governance? Sure. Um, One of the achievements to highlight is our very first bronze sustainability rating with EcoVardis. The assessment where we received a bronze rating was to set the bar for us and for us to understand where our focus should be directed. Awareness of ESG and sustainability is great. I mean, I personally have been receiving emails after the town halls we've done or network meetings. And our employees are actually happy and excited about how we're progressing both on the environmental and social aspect as a company. That is great to hear, Sahir. You know, if we were to look at specific examples of what we've achieved over the last year, look at India, our India office locations. We've migrated to office buildings that use 100% renewable energy and are LEED certified. And we're moving elements of our business over to the cloud, which has a carbon emission saving. So in 21, it was 174 metric tons of carbon emissions. And in 22, just from Q1 to Q3, it's already at 173 metric tons of of carbon emissions that we've saved. Wow, Sahara, that that is impressive to hear. Um, We've started our journey in terms of identifying and measuring relevant scope three emissions like business air travel and employee commuting. And we're also looking at what emissions are produced when uh, people are or our employees are working from home. Carrying on with India, uh, 100% of our employees in our India offices have convenient access to safe public transport to travel to and from the office. And year over year, there's been a 12% increase of female new hires in our India offices, something I know, Lisa, you're proud of, I'm proud of as well. Sahara, would you talk about women at Citus AMC and our goal of gender equality? Um, Our total workforce is 38% female in 2022, and we're working towards a target to get that up. Our global new hires are 44% female in 2022 versus 35% in 2021. And in terms of managers, so those positions where generally women seem to plateau downwards, we're at 44% of females in 2022. This is some of the great progress that we've made in 2022. Yes, and, and demonstrable progress at that. Yeah. Sahara, I know that we've got a terrific internship program here at Citus AMC. Can you talk a little bit about internships and diversity? Yeah, absolutely. So globally, we've partnered with a number of organizations that introduce us to a diverse candidate pool, especially at the intern level and also at the graduate level as well. So in 2022, 64% of applicants actually came from a diverse background with 71% of those proceeding on to the interview stage. That's terrific. 
Well, thank you for all of that detail, Sahar. Very helpful for, for everyone to hear what we have been up to. And as you all can hear, this process is a very iterative one. As we develop goals and achieve them, we will seek to further refine them, to increase our targets, to keep pushing ourselves forward and challenging ourselves. This is an exciting time for CITUS AMC and for our ESG journey. We are pleased to be in our second formal year of planning and doing and look forward to the progress to come. We hold ourselves accountable for each win and for each miss. Where we see the need to push harder to achieve our targets, that's just what we'll do. We make this continued commitment to our people, our clients, and our communities. Sahar and I thank you very much for joining us today and for your time. Please feel free to reach out to any of us here at CITUS AMC to talk through ESG or any other matters. Thanks again and take care. You've been listening to CITUS AMC's In Conversation. To learn more about our company and our ESG initiatives, visit us at CITUSAMC.com. Subscribe to our newsletter there or find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. 